0: Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory which you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of this world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know you that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in This is the gospel of our Lord. Will you pray with me? Draw us past our differences, Lord. Help us to overcome anything that divides us so that we can be one. Push us into relationship with one another as you are in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may the love that we share amongst ourselves reflect the love we receive from Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. We've done a couple of studies by Max, one in Advent and then another in the season of Lent. He's an author and a storyteller. And he tells this following story with wit and with style. He says, some time ago I came upon a fellow on a trip who was carrying a Bible. Are you a believer? I asked him. Yes, he said excitedly. I've learned you can't be too careful, Max writes. And so I asked virgin birth and the man replied I accept it how about the deity of Jesus no doubt said the man how about the death of Christ on the cross asked Max he died for all people said the man could it be wrote Max that I was face to face with an actual Christian perhaps nonetheless I continued my checklist how about the status of man Asked Max. Sinner of grace in need, said the man. Ah, what is the definition of grace? Asked Max. God doing for man what man cannot do. How about the return of Christ? Asked Max. Imminent. The Bible? Inspired, said the man. The church? It's the body of Christ, said the man. I started to get excited, says Max. My heart began to beat faster. Heritage, the man replied. Southern Congregationalist, Holy Son of God, Dispensationalist, Triune Convention. That was mine," said Max. Branch, he asked. Premillennial, post-trib, non-charismatic, King James, one-cup communion. My eyes misted," writes Max Lucado. I had only one other question. Is your pulpit wooden or fiberglass? Fiberglass, the man responded. And Max writes, I withdrew my hand, I stiffened my neck, and shouted, heretic, as I walked away. We do this. We do this, this this kind of quiz that we give other people. Maybe you don't ask them to go through the Lutheran Catechism for you as you evaluate someone else's faith. But I know that when somebody comes knocking at your door to ask if you know who Jesus is, you bristle like I do.
1: (laughs) You get a little uncomfortable that somebody's
0: going to ask you these questions. Are you going to pass this test that someone's putting you to? And if you're like me, a little bit about other people, too. When you know somebody goes to church, you ask them, do you baptize babies? Do you have to pray that sinner's prayer? We have these questions to evaluate what other people's faith looks like, what other people's church traditions look like. But Jesus' prayer today is one for unity. Jesus' prays and reveals for us God's vision for all of of God's people, that we will live in unity together, every one of us, then and now, as he prays in verse 20 for those who will believe in me through the words of his disciples. Jesus prays that all may be one. To be a follower of Jesus is to be a part of a greater whole. According to Jesus, there can be no solitary Christians, no spiritual lone rangers, no Christian who doesn't bother with the community. And within this community, the prayer is for unity, that all will be one. Does it mean that we have to get along all the time? Does it mean that we have to agree on every blessed thing all of the time? No. Our synod just came together for the assembly and evaluated some difficult questions. And if you tuned in to the live feed where you could watch what was happening in Wheeling, you saw some pretty heated debate. You saw a lot of opinions at various microphones in the room fighting to preserve parts of the budget and to slice other parts, and people feeling wounded by the decisions that were being made. If we're honest, we see these kind of things happen in our own church and our own community. But we all share the same mission. We all still believe. In the same Jesus. I do believe that Jesus' prayer for us points us to God's ultimate desires for God's people that we be in relationship, that we be united in love. But we are one in Christ whether we agree with each other or not. We are one in Christ whether we like each other or not. To become a part of Christ is to become part of the community, a part of the oneness. Jesus' prayer reminds us that our unity, our oneness together, is to be assigned to the world of God's love for us through Jesus. Oneness and unity are ultimately about love. Now, I'm not going to bad talk my family. But I'm going to say that when I look at my family as a whole, there are some people around that Thanksgiving table that I wouldn't have picked for myself. (laughs) But they're my family. And the same goes for us in the body of Christ. There are some people in this mess that we would not have picked for ourselves. But we're one with them through Jesus. We are all human. But the mystery of the incarnation, that is, where God becomes flesh, is that God wanted so badly to be with us that God became one of us. And in that moment, we were drawn into the oneness of the triune God. We became one with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It is with God's help that we can live into that oneness with each other. (coughs) I think we can all agree that you've seen preacher after preacher stand in this very pulpit and proclaim a very similar message to this one. Jesus loves us. We're supposed to love each other. We're all supposed to be one, right? This is like sermons 101 you're hearing a basic sermon but we hear it again and again and again because so often we fall for the trick of believing that we're all alone we fall for thinking that we can be a spiritual lone ranger maybe we gather in church on sunday But we don't share in that same community of believers Monday through Saturday. And maybe we come to church on Sunday, but we don't actually open up in relationship with anybody else at the church. We don't share any of ourselves with the others. We see ourselves as individual ones instead of as deeply invested in the oneness of community. Jesus prays for all believers, so that all might be one just as he is in the Father and the Father is in him, so that they might be in the Son and the Father, so that all the world might believe that God sent Jesus, he prayed. In the middle of this, murky prayer that jesus prays this this prayer that as i read it from john 17 maybe your mind wanders a little bit because it gets kind of loopy in the middle of this jesus is emphasizing that no single person can claim that they alone are in christ outside of community the only way to be in christ is to be a part of the greater whole the community of believers and it doesn't stop here. Jesus takes this prayer for unity beyond the walls of our little community and into all the rest of the world. We cannot alone claim that we know everything there is to know about Jesus at Calvary Lutheran Church between Brandywine and Sugar Grove, West Virginia. We as a parish cannot say that we have the only stakehold on Jesus. When we proclaim that we are Christian, we are part of the body of Christ with Christians in Papua New Guinea on the opposite side of the globe. We are part of the unity of Jesus with Christians in Europe and Africa and South America and California. We become part of this enormous oneness of God. Jesus' prayer is not a prayer for fellowship that happens naturally for us as a community of believers. It looks like potlucks and prayers and phone calls and hugs on Sunday mornings and and long parties on Saturdays in June. No, Jesus' prayer is not for fellowship. It's for evangelism. You know that that word that we don't use very often in Lutheran churches, even though it's in our name, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, it means to reach out beyond ourselves and to share God's love. Jesus prays that we will be one and share Christ's love among us so that others can see it, they can look at us and know what it is to be loved by Jesus. Perhaps it would be more useful, though, to talk about the church acting or witnessing as one, rather than being one. Our primary purpose for existing, the primary content of Jesus' prayer, is that we, as one body, are effective witnesses to the world. Jesus prays for our success, in witnessing his love to the world, Jesus prayed for us, not just for the disciples who were standing in his midst, but Jesus prayed for those of us who are gathered here on Sunday morning and those of us who hear his word today. Jesus prays for our witness. One cannot be a Christian by oneself. Neither can a congregation exist in a bubble alone by itself. We are dependent upon each other, and we are dependent upon God. It is God who gives us to Jesus. It is God who is creating and perfecting our unity so that we might be effective witnesses to the world, reaching out to our community to bring forth the kingdom of God. Let us be refreshed and renewed in this community and then go forth from here, strengthened in the unity of the Spirit to share God's love and the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.